Score North on AM 1500 KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis, 94.5 KSTP FM St. Paul HD2 and on scorenorth.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. Strike three, got him. Taylor Rogers with the save, and the Twins win the opener at Fenway. Well, what a surprise. It went down to the last batter and the last out at Fenway. That was a long road to the 27th out on Fox Sports North last night. This is the Score North first place Twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes, where the magic number is 18. And Miguel Sano last night, what was he, Derek Wetmore? Three, four, five, I want to say. Is he two for five? Two for five. Two but for five. One of the balls landed Three on the RBI. surface of the sun. I think so. it's still surfacing in the Earth's orbit as we speak. <laughs> and the Twins win six to four. Indians lose. And now, as I said, the lead six and a half and the magic. Magic number 18. And uh, Derek, you weren't here yesterday to bask in the glory of the Twins taking your sage advice of pushing Jose Barrios back a day and getting him just a little bit extra, a little bit extra rest. He'll go today. It was Randy Dobnik to start the game yesterday. And really, that's all he did was start the game yesterday. He pitched one inning and then it was Lewis Thorpe for three plus. Then it was Trevor May for almost two innings. Then it was Tyler Duffy for two thirds. Then it was Sam Dyson with a sketchy inning and ended up scoreless, but it was sketchy and exciting. And, uh, Taylor Rogers got you one. And a third. This is exactly what we've talked about on the Score North First Place Twins show a, a number of times in the last week or so of just finding a way to get to 27 outs. 27 outs. That's all that counts at the end of it. It it was dicey, so we're not going to run and hide from that. Oh, it wasn't pretty at, at times. Those are a bunch of guys that you trust in those spots. And so, yeah, it was interesting to see them skip Barrios or push Barrios back and not in favor of necessarily another starting pitcher. They went out with the opener concept and Randy Dobnek, you list him as the starter. This might sound familiar to initial you, Initial out-getter. Yeah, he's the initial out-getter. This might sound familiar having covered the National League Championship Series less than a year ago, but you put Randy Dobnek's name on the probable pitcher list, which is all that Major League Baseball requires you to do. The Red Sox and Alex Cora stack their lineup, or try to anyways, and say... All right, we got a righty on the mound. How do we want to face off? How do we? What matchups do we want? Who's playing third base? All this stuff. All these decisions that they're making, knowing that Randy Dobnik starting the game, he gets three outs, and then you go to a lefty for people, three plus. People who say that the nuance and the chess match of baseball has has been removed from the modern game because of launch angle and home runs and walks and strikeouts all being at record numbers. There is no. I've never been more excited about a strategic move by a manager than Craig Council walking out and pulling Wade Miley after one out in the National League Championship Series last year. (laughs) I was like, what? It was like like Stone Cold Steve Austin's music just hit. And and Jim Ross was like, my God, it's Craig Council. Well, because wasn't it Freddie Peralta that came in after him? And I think Freddie Peralta was in the bullpen warming before the game started. Yeah, before the game even started. What's going on here? Nobody could figure out what exactly was happening. So don't tell me that the strategy and nuance and chess match of baseball is is out of the game because it certainly is not. And Rocco Baldelli was the one pulling the strings last night. Lewis Thorpe looked good, man, for uh, three and a third. And partly, I mean, he did give up his three earned runs, but partly in that he got to face a lineup that was designed to go up against a right-hander. I, I think I think that's part of his success. I think they stretched him out a little too far. Maybe the, so. He, they were he, trying he, to get it, innings. It seemed like he... I don't want to say ran out of gas because when he's been in the minor leagues, he's been a starter. He is someone that's stretched out, but he really lost his command towards the end of his, what, three and a thirds innings or mm-hmm. whatever he pitched. That's when it really started to falter for him. He really started to struggle to find the strike zone. I agree with you. I think they were trying to get length. I think they were trying to get innings and say, hey, this isn't a typical start situation. You know what it reminded me of is when Devin Smeltzer came in when Jake Odorizzi started the game. Now, it wasn't an opener situation. Um, maybe they would have been better off if they had done that. But Odorizzi gives up, like, was it seven runs or nine runs? He, he gives up a big crooked number to the Yankees in four innings of work. And then Devin Smeltzer comes in and throws five and just mows them down. And 
I don't know if that's because the Yankees aren't equipped to face left-handers or they just weren't that day or whatever it was, but I think there is a real thing to even good lineups prepping to face a righty versus prepping to face a lefty. The Twins took huge advantage of last, that last night, and I, and I credit them for it because it got them an extra day of rest for Brios, and it got you a win in Boston. I don't think that there's much to read into with the whole with Smelter doing that against the Yankees because what was the score when when Odorizzi left that game? It wasn't a close yeah, game. Like, those were like those were <laughs> very low leverage innings that the Yankees essentially was like, all right, we're going to win this game. Let's just kind of get through it. I now you shouldn't ever give up at bats, no matter who you are. But you can't tell me the Yankees' focus is the same that it was up nine one as it would have been in a game like yesterday, where it's sure. a where you're down one nothing or you're down three nothing, whatever it was after two innings. So I don't think that you can necessarily compare those two scenarios. Sure. Yeah, uh, I wasn't here yesterday, Rami, as you mentioned, but the Twins are giving Brios extra rest. Uh, did I hear you say that I was supposed to bask in the glory yes. of this idea? Yes. Well, why? That's, because this is just that's what sports talk radio hosts do. <laughs> this, no, okay. So when they, say te- when they say a team should do something, Judd Zolgad is the one who should be teaching this class. When they say that, when you say they should be doing something, and then they initially don't do it, but eventually come around to doing the thing that you said that they should do. <laughs> okay. That's when you like sprain an elbow, patting yourself on the back, yeah, uh, and okay. saying, "Look at me! I was the one who said they should do this first. Well, so I said they should do it before September because I thought it would be beneficial for them. But now that it's September, it's like, well, no, duh. Obviously, you're going to try to preserve your arms, uh, especially one like Barrios. So I don't know. Maybe I might have to audit that class or something like that. I might have to sit in on a Judd Zolgad lecture or a Rami Makhlouf lecture, it it sounds like. Um, I I guess I was not familiar with that line of... I think Judd and I both thinking ace that course. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, I hope so. If you're teaching it now, I hope you did well in it your first time through. I think we both are pretty good at that department. Okay. Did, when you saw Dobnak penciled in as as the starter, as the spot start, I to was give a little Bariza, excited. Did you think bullpen day, or did you think that he was going to at least go out there and throw you know three, four innings, maybe? Yeah, I didn't expect him to be an opener necessarily. I thought Dobnak would give you. Th- uh, yeah, three, four. It's tough because the Red Sox are so good against right-handed pitching. But then again, they're also really good against left-handed pitching. They're just a great lineup offensively, top to bottom. So I guess I thought it was going to be Dobnik until he couldn't get him out anymore. And that was going to be a tall task. Um, we'll see how Brios does tonight. If Brios does really, really well tonight, maybe open tomorrow's show with the uh, pat myself on the back for that. Because that's the bigger issue here is... Get Barrios back on track. The way to do that, in my opinion, give him some extra rest. So They're you, doing that now. You expect to see a stronger Jose Barrios tonight? I think this will be one of his best starts of the year. Really? Are you I being just, facetious, now, or are you saying that for real? Well, this is Sports Talk Radio. I think it'll be a good start for him, and you've got to strengthen it a little bit, right? Put some espresso in that coffee, Rami. Well done. We, we, we were putting extra spice on things last week at the Great Minnesota Get Together at the State Fair. Like, what was the spicy? What's the quotient that you use to? It's the, uh, the spice the meter. Scoville uh, Scoville unit scale. Scoville unit that's scale. What you oh, use that's to for measure peppers, right? How hot? Sure, yeah. How, how hot, hot pepper is the, yeah. the spiciness scale? Yes. We were we were rating my takes, Danny, on the on the Scoville <laughs> units scale. I'm last guessing week. not very high. Up there. <laughs> we're pretty mild. I was uh, Manny. I think it was you that that gave me a little bit of smoke for um, my pico de gallo is just sliced tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. So yeah. was, you were no, like, no, yeah. no, I said it was the, it was the mild it was the mild that's, hot sauce from Taco Bell. That's right. Yes. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't the hot sauce, it was the mild sauce. It's like he's not putting any cayenne pepper in his pico. It essentially was pico de gallo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. Basically, yeah. Uh, so, that's this is me heating it up a little bit. I think this is going to be one of Brios' best starts in a big spot. They, I mean, I don't want to say that they need it, but it would be nice. You're in a, you're in a tough stretch right now. You have what nine games, twelve games against some pretty good, good baseball teams. teams. Yep. You'd like to get a Jose Barrios, like trademark Jose Barrios type of start in in game two of this series tonight. Yeah, because it's uh, guarantee okay. yourself a series victory. Red Sox, and then you're coming back home, and it's Cleveland and Washington. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember who's the series after that, but like this is, is it Cleveland. I think they go to Cleveland. That's right. That's and right. That's where. 
it's not risky now because Cleveland has really fallen off since Jose Ramirez got injured, but I don't think that they would have done this, what they did yesterday in terms of pushing Barrios back a day if this division were still close, because now Barrios isn't going to face the Indians in those series. Right. Because now he doesn't line up. He's, his next start's going to be against Washington, and then he might get the last game of that Cleveland, the second Cleveland series, but he's not facing them when they're here. Is this Is this thing over? The division? Yeah. I think so, yeah. I, I thought the moment that Jose Ramirez's like hands broke, it was over. Is the Minnesota like is the Minnesota in you still not letting you say that it's over if you're a Minnesota Twins fan and, well, and dealing with sports disappointments throughout your life? I want to hear from Twins fans what they think because we've been through this before. I think at eleven and a half, some people allowed themselves to get cocky, right? I think did they? Well, I think led yeah. by you. Yeah. <laughs> you were probably driving the that bus. <laughs> he hasn't had the brakes. I did cut brakes this whole summer. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Stay away from the mountains. Since early roads. June. Yeah. And a lot of people probably bought into that. And hey, look, I'm not gonna even cast stones and point fingers because like eleven and a half games mathematically that is over. And then Cleveland became the best team in baseball, and the Twins were playing 500 ball, and it became a race again. So I think if it wasn't for that huge lead vanishing once, Rami, I think people would start to be like, yeah, okay, this is it. we're late enough in the season here. We can start talking about magic number, even though we've been talking about it since it was like 110. We started at 100, I think. We can start talking magic number here and call it good not be too arrogant about it, but sort of Minnesota confident. But I think that losing an 11.5 game lead and then trailing at one point in this season, I think it colors your perspective on the race if you're a Twins fan right now. We'd like to hear from you. 651-646-8255. Or you can tweet us at Score North or at Rami is tweeting like Paul Pedro did. Took him no time to pump my brakes. And there's this is nowhere near over. And this comes from a very experienced Minnesota Twins fan. For for it to not be over, Cleveland would have to win all six games against the Twins. Yes, that's, that's what, what would have to. That's happen. what I said. I said because I always when I make when I make predictions, especially like de- like definitive predictions, like this thing is over. I go, okay, what could make me wrong? How what's going to make me look? So stupid? you go, you make a, a definitive yes. prediction yes. and then go. Well, unless no, I mean, no, no, I don't include that in my take. That's not how you give spicy takes. But in the back of my head, <laughs> I always go. I always think to myself, okay, what's 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 going to make your spicy take go wrong? What's going to throw some water on this fire take that you have, Robbie? I, I, you always have to consider that possibility. I'm not totally delusional. When keeping it real goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and the, job. the one thing that could make my spice, throw water on my spicy take, my fire take that this thing is over, is the Indians sweeping all six of the remaining games. That's yeah. the one and only thing that I think could he, could derail this thing. Even then, I don't think Cleveland would win this division. I I think that that's a, that's a team that's out of gas. That's a team that once Ramirez went down with that broken handmade bone in his hand, I that's think tough. Was, I think that was the moment the division was over. Braden tweets into the show at Rami's tweeting at Derek Wetmore. Uh, to me, it's not over till the season is over. So <laughs> that's kind of one game at a time mentality. The tweet continues. As impossible as it will be, it is still possible for Cleveland to win the division. So until the Twins are officially division champs, I'm not going to declare it over. And I appreciate the tweet from uh, from Braden here. I just kind of think that, like, <laughs> that is what's coloring that. It's losing an 11.5 game lead. It's it's kicking 12 games in a division race in a very short runway of time. I think it's bigger than that. Relative think, to the series. I think you're going to go all the way to wide left. Like when you talk about the mentality, the psyche no, of a Minnesota sports I, fan. I get that. I know that's part of it. But like, I really don't think it would be different if this was Wintersville, USA. Like, I, I think that losing 12 games, even, uh, you know... Houston Astros fans would be nervous right now about that. I think if, six and a half is nice, but it's not insurmountable. I think if this version of the Minnesota Twins had not given people a reason to be skeptical, they wouldn't be. But sure. this version of the Twins absolutely gave fans a reason to be skeptical by blowing an eleven and a half game lead in two and a half months. I, think, I, I also ahead, wonder if there's a thought from fans too that maybe Cleveland has one more jolt of playing 700 baseball. I personally don't think they do. I think they they deserve a ton of credit for all the injuries they have endured and to be in this position right now and they, they might still make the playoffs. But I don't think they really have anything left. But I wonder if there's a thought that oh, maybe Cleveland still has one more last burst of 
a 10 and 2 stretch or whatever to to try and close this gap. I mean, they might with their pitching. Like that's the only thing that you can point to is that their starting pitching is good enough to go on a stretch like that. But they're they're running out of bodies. Yep. It's, Jose Ramirez is gone. Tyler Naquin's out for the year. They've lost so many guys. You where, can only you can only overcome so many injuries. Think, and they've yeah. already had a million of them this year. I think year. when you're talking about the Twins, I think they've given you. Danny says that they've given you reason to doubt. I think they've given you far more reason to believe and to have confidence in this team. And when you look at the Indians. Even if they have a 10 and 2 stretch in them, the magic number is 18. Both these teams have 24 games to play. If thing is over. If like, they have a 10 and 2 stretch and six of those wins are against you, it's it's bad news. If okay. they if they and go like 10 I and said, 2 over the next like two I weeks, said, if they win all six against the Twins, I'll be wrong. I will be wrong if they win all six against the Twins. That's the only way that I'll be wrong about this. Ben this, says this thing is over. Manny, we need your help on this one, Mister. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baseball reference memory recall off the top of the dome. Okay. Um, ben tweets the show and says, let's go back 10 years. 2009, yeah. The exactly Tigers right. had like a... Hey, the Tigers were up seven and a half. Okay. It might have been like right around this time. He says... Or the maybe Tigers, like a week or so prior. <laughs> of course, Manny hits it on the nose. He says the Tigers are up seven games uh, on September 6th with 26 games to go, and the Twins end up winning the division. And we all remember that crazy, dramatic Game 163. Um, I wanted to see if he was right about these seven games on September 6th. I didn't remember that exactly. I will say this, though. That Twins team... Well, let's, let's remember, that Twins team had probably the best player in baseball that year, Joseph Patrick Maurer. Like... It was a good and, year for him, yeah. As I like recall, only the greatest off- <laughs> of offensive season for a catcher of all time until Mitch Garver came along. But fair point, <laughs> true. Um, but so I think that was—I mean—that was a huge part of it because Joe was playing out of his mind, and I mean, it's—it's it's an I get it, and it's possible. And and I've made that comparison, yeah, and yeah, I've yeah. said over the last few weeks that to just pump the brakes on calling this over because we've seen bigger leads being blown. But this just feels like. With with the, all the injuries Cleveland has endured, it just feels like they're they're just they're just out of out of gas. Like Danny said, there's just there's just only so many injuries that you can overcome, and they've done a great job of putting themselves in the position that they're in now. But eventually, there's just going to be that one extra injury that's just going to be too much. So the comparison is fascinating to me because in 2006, the Twins were bad to start the year, and then starting in June, started playing like the best team in baseball. Kind of out of nowhere. They replaced the left side of their infield with uh, Jason Bartlett and Nicky Punto, and it's off to the races. You get Francisco Liriano pitching like the best pitcher in baseball. The second best pitcher in baseball, Johan Santana, was carrying your rotation for a long time. And then Brad Radke was having just kind of one of those charmed seasons at the yeah. end of his uh, great Twins career. He had nothing left. Was... I mean, he really emptied the tank that year. That's exactly right. And, you know... To me, that is sort of what the Indians are this year. It was, well, they had an injury to Frankie Lindor, and then Corey Kluber, Carlos Carrasco is diagnosed with leukemia during the season. Like, all of these things, it's like, oh, you couldn't possibly overcome that. And they did! It was an amazing stretch of baseball. And Aaron Savali's been a gem. Plesak's been a gem. Uh, Shane Bieber became an all-star game MVP before our eyes. Mike Clevenger, Danny said before, might be the best pitcher in that staff. To me, that incredible run is what should make you maybe a little bit cautious or nervous if you're a Twins fan, that this is like one of those charmed seasons for the Indians, just like 2006 was for the Twins. But still, even having said all that, the math at this point in early September makes it so difficult for Cleveland to overcome. I think you should be feeling confident if you're a Twins fan that they win this division. It's over. Oh, wait, wow. Okay, all right. <laughs> the thing is over. Put a little more simply, but still, fair play. Do you believe that it's over, or are you, st- are you still unsure no, about I, the AL Central? No, I mean, I think it's over, but I'm just saying, I get the people who are tweeting in saying, ah, ooh, hang on a second, or Manny, it seems like you're kind of in that boat, the... Uh, Manny's, Manny's trying to pump the brakes that aren't there. Let's, they don't even exist. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, let's call I, the corpse I, dead I, once it's dead. I do think that this thing is over. I do think it is going to be very, very. I think it's possible, but it's going to be extremely difficult for Cleveland to come back and win this division. I, I think it's possible because the Twins technically have not clinched it yet. 
But it's going to be really, really, really hard for Cleveland to do it. I would love to see it happen, but I cannot see it happening. Yeah, I can't it's, see it's the Indians coming really, back. Really, really I really can't see them okay. having enough left in the tank. I think that they're they're a team that is running out of gas right now. Now, maybe they catch another wind. And honestly, if you're a Twins fan worried about Cleveland, I think that there's a stronger chance that they beat you in a playoff series than they come back to win the division. Just harder. You got to win more games. You got to be that much more dominant. Well, I, I think if they found a way to get the wild card spot, and then I think they're a dangerous team because they have the pitching to do it. Definitely. I think that there's a, a, I think that there's a higher chance the Indians find a way to win in the playoffs than they do to win the AL Central. I think that the AL Central yeah, ship I, has. I sailed. agree with that. I agree with that because it, Cleveland's still sitting in a pretty good spot, right? For wild card, it's they're basically tied them. For the they're tied with the A's for the second. But they, them and Oakland have, and Tampa. I believe they have the easiest schedule of the three. Yeah, I mean, I I like them as a wild card team, and then the Twins probably don't face them first round. I mean, just the math. Whoever finishes with the best record, yeah, face the wild card. I mean, just the math is like okay. The Yankees are at ninety one wins, the Astros are at ninety wins, and the Twins are at eighty six. Now they can close fast. That's fine, but those are still two pretty good baseball teams that are likely going to finish with more wins. So, gosh, wouldn't that be fascinating? Those matchups. Any of those matchups really would be fun because we're talking about postseason baseball again in Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. But I think Danny's right. I, I think the Indians as a postseason matchup, that's one you want to avoid. I don't, I don't, I'm not confident they'll get there, but if they do, that's, sure. I think that that's more likely. I think they're a tough, they're a tough out. I'd still pick the Twins to win that series, but the Indians would be a tough out because of the, the, because of how they're built. Yeah, the they're built for postseason play. The importance yep. of bullpens and and starting rotations is emphasized in in the postseason because the number of guys who you rely on to get you to twenty seven outs, you can shrink it to that circle of guys who you really really trust. And the Indians definitely they have that circle, and and it's more trustworthy than what the Twins and a lot of teams have. There's there was an article, another article at the Athletic today talking about how much of a wasteland bullpens are across Major League Baseball, and the Indians are one of the few who can boast an actually good bullpen. And the reason for that is is because their starters have been so good all year long, even with all the injuries that they've had there, that their bullpen is one of the least used bullpens in Major League Baseball this season, and you put that formula together in the postseason, that that bullpen might be the best equipped to go on a deep postseason run because they haven't been used as much as other bullpens around baseball. So we'll see. We'll see what the Indians can do, but I'll tell you, they, sure are confident. they ain't catching the Twins. I'll tell you <laughs> I, that I don't much. think they're catching the Twins either. I you really might don't. see them in the playoffs, but they ain't catching the Twins for the AL Central. All right, well, so so it is spoken, so shall it be. This thing is a wrap, guys. Go ahead and cut those breaks. Everybody cut the breaks all together now. We'll hit a quick break. More of the Score North first place Twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes, where the magic number is now 18. Back right after this on 1500scorenorth.com. Streaming live on Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook, and that Score North mobile app. My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit FederatedInsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Let's bat around some banter. Twins. Twins. The Score North Twin Show on Score North and scorenorth.com. Here's 39-year-old Nelson Cruz on the verge of hitting his 35th, which would mean that for six consecutive years, he's hit 35 or more. Whack to center. Back goes Bradley. It's in the bush. 35 home runs now for Nelson Cruz. In six consecutive seasons, from his mid to his late 30s. That's Bob Costas in awe of Nelson Cruz on MLB Network. This is the Score North First Place Twins Show, live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 ranks. Miguel Sano was two for five with three RBI and a baseball that is still surfacing the Earth's orbit. I am Rami Makloff, Derek Wetmore, Danny Cunningham, and Hill, other side of the glass. It is the Score North First Place Twins Show, live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 ranks. Magic number is 18. That was, first of all, Nelson Cruz. Everything that guy does at this point is impressive. 
And that home run by Miguel Sano immediately following that was at, and Rocco Baldelli said, and this is a guy who grew up a Red Sox fan. He grew up in the Boston area said, I've seen a lot of baseball played at this park. I've never seen a ball put there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, join the club, Rocco Baldelli, join the club, Bob Costas. Like I too am amazed at Nelson Cruz and what he's doing at age 39. And I too am in awe of the power Mel- Miguel Sano puts on display. There are going to be people who say every time we talk about home runs, every single time, whether it's talking about how hard people are hitting the ball now or how far they're hitting it or just the general gaudiness of the home run numbers. The Twins Bomba Tracker in the Score North studios here at 271. And you can see that because we're streaming live on Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook. Yeah. Our big, fancy Bomba Tracker. <laughs> you think what they got on, on the concourse at Target Field is impressive? <laughs> Stream us at Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook. It's it's gaudy and it's impressive. Um, the, the fact that we can't talk about these without somebody saying, yeah, but juicy baseballs is starting to annoy me a little bit. Starting? It's been annoying yeah, me for a I'm long just, time. Like, uh, it, baseball's a little different now. Cool. But it, people act like this is the first change baseball has gone through. Like, that's we right. had the color barrier broken. For 150 years, it was the exact same, but now we're playing with We've the juicy baseball. The mound move up and down. We had an entire era of PEDs and steroids. No team did this in the steroid era, okay? We've had changes in baseball. You don't see records getting broken by the margin that this record is going to get broken in. In the midst of any of those changes, this is impressive. I don't care what era we're playing. There was a world war fought in the 1940s that this was country was a part of. I'm yeah, more a baseball guy. I don't really do history. Fair enough. Well, I, <laughs> you should know because Ted Williams. But there is, there's a level of like, I, I guess I don't care that people are mad at juicy baseballs. And I just am here for it. I'm here for the home runs. I'm here for the offensive numbers. I prefer a two to one clean, crisp, two-hour and 20-minute baseball game. That's my preference, but I'm not going to run from the fact that the Twins have hit 271 of them this year, and that one by Miguel Sano is one of the most impressive. The What he's done in the couple of months since he returned from injury has been all kinds of fascinating to me. A couple cold stretches that get pointed out endlessly on Twitter.com, and the rest of it, his body of work as a whole, he's one of the best hitters in the Twins lineup, and he continues to prove it. Went and got Rick Porcello last night. That that was a shot, and it ended up being the difference in the game, too. So I'm just, I'm out of words for that guy because you watch him in BP, he does the same exact thing. Nelson Cruz will go up there and hit a ball on the third deck, and Sano's like, all right, 10 rows deeper. <laughs> it's like, what? How? How does anybody do the things he does? Um, I, I don't know, and if the Twins can continue him on this hot stretch that he was on before a little slump there, it's huge for them in the postseason. That's a middle-of-the-order slugger. Are you guys okay with this? Like, let's say this is this is the finished product. Miguel Sano has been molded from clay, and this is it. This is, this is what you're going to get from him. It was a lot of clay. It was a lot of clay, and they had to, like, shave some of it off and make it a smaller mound of clay. <laughs> uh, but if, if this is what Miguel Sano is, a lot of home runs, a lot of strikeouts, some really hot stretches, and some really cold stretches, are you okay with this? Can he be in the middle of your lineup for the foreseeable future beyond this year. I would, if he continues this season on a hot stretch and has a good postseason, which I'm really not confident he will, but if he does that, I would look to move him this offseason for pitching because he's a guy that doesn't have a position defensively. He's horrible at third base. He's not a good first baseman either. You have Nelson Cruz, who, I mean, might play forever at this point. I would try and move him for pitching because he's a guy that he's going to be, long-term, he is a DH. He's not a good third baseman no, now. I agree. He's not going his, to become a, thir- a good third baseman ever. His like, future is at DH. Yeah, I agree with he, you. He has a good throwing arm, but he can't make plays in the field. Like He just cannot field ground balls consistently enough to play third base every day. I would try and find. I would try and sell as high as you can get on him because I don't think that he's going to I, I think that this is probably pretty close to the finished product of what he is and I think that this would be the highest you could sell on him and I think at some point you would be overpaying if you wanted to keep him around Derek would you be okay with this being the finished product Miguel Sano and yeah. we don't even know that it is I'm just saying hypothetically speaking yeah I, I still think that's a quality player who helps you win baseball games but uh, you know Talk to me in a couple of years if and when he gets expensive and the raises start kicking into into the tens of millions of dollars. For now, that's not the case. So you roll with it. You take a guy who's maybe a three-win player, four-win player, and say, that's pretty good. I'll take that. Um, 
if you can get a six win pitcher for him with some team control, like okay, I'm I'm interested. But to me, I'm not even thinking about this winter. I'm thinking about this Red Sox series, right? And Miguel Sano helps you win that series, absolutely, but one series at a time, man. That's the baseball cliche I'm hiding behind you don't today. Play for the team, Derek. I've I don't been know hiding how many times I have to explain this to season. you. They need to take that mentality. We do not. <laughs> we but, do not. But back to looking into this offseason, yeah. it's clear that your lineup's strong enough to compete. That's never been a question here, but your pitching staff is certainly a question. If sure. you could do what Cleveland did, where they took away from the rotation to try and bolster their lineup, take away something from your lineup where you're, you're still not side. you're not going to be maybe quite as good, but you're still going to be one of the best offenses in baseball. And if you can try and add to a spot that is very clearly your weakness, I think you really have to think long and hard about doing that. If this is going to be the most value he's ever going to have on that market, you have to think about it. Especially yeah. if you're if you're not going to be players in the Garrett Cole sweepstakes this winter. You should be. I mean, yeah, no, I agree. You have okay, to, they absolutely right. should be. Just but for if the record. But if they're not going to be, you got to find other a- avenues to try and bolster this rotation. Sure. Yeah, you, that's you, you that's have fair. to, and that might and moving Miguel Sano for a for a quality starting pitcher, if that is possible, might have to be a, a, a route that you have to take if you're not going to jump into that mix for Garrett Cole this winter. So you could potentially do both. Um, if yeah. you're if you're in that kind be of great. I'd do. I'd try and do both. Flip side of this, boys, is like the rotation's going to take a step back if you don't add because you're losing potentially three free agents and, and maybe even four, depending on what happens with Martin Perez. So starting pitching is a clear area of need. I guess the flip side of the coin is like Nelson Cruz will be 40. Right. Jason Castro is a free agent. Not that he drives your offense, but he's a big bat that helps you. Um, I is this who Luis Arise is as as a player? If so, all right, cool. You got a second baseman. If not, if he's just having one of those charmed rookie seasons, well, you got to figure some. Out. You 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 have to figure out answers across the diamond, and the mound is probably at the top of that list. Specifically, starting pitching. Because if you're not going to be players in free agency for a Garrett Cole, and if you're if you you've already made it clear that you you're not really interested in moving a Royce Lewis or an Alex, Alex Kirilov to get yourself frontline pitching, you got to find a way to do it somehow. Yeah, and I'm not against trading offense for, for I'm pitching. Not, I'm like, not either. Like Danny said, I'd be okay with it. But first of all, Nelson Cruz is a free agent this offseason, and we don't know that he'll necessarily no, no. be back. He has he a team option. option. Oh, that's right. He does he has have a team option, option that but is se- going to be picked up. The second point yeah. I was going to make on Nelson Cruz is he is human. Like he, like Allegedly. I know, I know it doesn't look like it. Allegedly. He, he is human and age is undefeated, and eventually it will catch up to Nelson Cruz. And it might happen really fast, so you might want to have an insurance policy for next year sure. at the DH position. And another guy who makes that offense deep, I know he kind of lost his starting spot to Luis Arise, but Jonathan Scope is a free agent after this season. He, like I said, he's not at the front Oh, he's not a frontline guy when you talk about the offense, but he's part of what makes this offense so deep and so good. And part of the reason why I keep saying that you can put an, any combination of 12 or 13 guys out there on a given diet on a given day. Rocco Baldelli doesn't just have a good one through nine. He has a good one through 12 or 13. I feel like you want to keep that depth and that versatility. So go ahead and explore the market and trading Miguel Sano or anybody else from your offensive firepower to add to your rotation. I'm not against that idea, but there are considerations to take to keep this offense the juggernaut that mm-hmm. it is. Right? We're not just we're not just gonna we're not okay with just taking a step back and not being the bomba squad, are we? Sometimes there are sacrifices that have to be made and you have to be I mean Jumping sports here, but look at what the Vikings did in the offseason. The Vikings decided they were going to invest in their deep and keeping their defense together. And now there are still a little some question marks about what they're going to do offensively. So with the twins are going to have to take that same approach. They're going to have to figure out, okay, we need to upgrade our starting rotation. Probably we're going to lose a couple of guys in that department. Who are we going to bring in? How are we going to bring them in? If we're not going to break the bank for a Garrett Cole, we got to find another way to get some quality starting pitching in here and we may have to be out we may have to be willing to sacrifice what we have offensively to get that done. I want to see how this season plays out. Like, One series at a time, we know Derek. The winter <laughs> What what's You're it my... during the winter when there are no series? <laughs> wait. It's just sit and wait. Uh spring training's right around the corner. 
Rami, you should be my brand ambassador. One series at a time is absolutely right. I, I guess the winter to me is always super fun. I love the sort of puzzle pieces, the chess game that goes on as teams at different areas on the wind curve try to navigate their waters of what's best for us right now and into the future. 30 teams are trying to do that. Some of them are smarter at it than others. Some of them are luckier than others. So that whole dynamic is fascinating to me. But I'm just, I think for a season in which the Twins might win 100 games and could make some noise in October, or at least they have a fighting chance to make some noise in October, that we're getting quite a bit ahead of ourselves, wondering if we should send Miguel Sano, you know, down the river for a loaf blame, of bread. I blame Judd Zolgad. Why is it? Why is that? It's, that idea is sort of his brainchild and his platform that yeah. he's been pushing for yeah. a long time. That's fine. It's part of his. It's part of the platform that he's running on. That's part of the Judd Zolgad campaign, <laughs> and that's fine. And let's let's see how the rest of this season goes. Judd joins the show at one o'clock. By the way, we can ask him. We can. We'll talk about this very thing with Judd Zolgad. Are we having a couple of guests today, too? We do have a couple of guests this afternoon on the Score North First Place Twins show. Our very own Jake DePew, who's uh, in Boston covering this series. He's going to be joining us coming up at 1.20. And after a short break, the St. Paul Saints are in the playoffs. And the voice of Saints baseball, Sean Aronson, is going to join the Score North First Place Twins show. Right after this, we're on 1500 scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. The Score North Twin Show. Have you guys ever wondered what it's like to be a twin? On Score North and scorenorth.com. All right, it is Score North download time, and it is uh, 1242, and uh, we got Sean Aronson of the St. Paul Saints, voice of the St. Paul Saints, coming up here on the Score North Twin Show in just a moment. But back to the twins for a moment. We just talked last segment about what the twins could potentially do this winter. I know Derek wants to take it one series at a time, one inning, one pitch at a time. Right, Derek? Yes, yes, indeed, yes. Uh, but what should the Twins do this winter, just hypothetically speaking, provided they're going to make the playoffs and uh, maybe make a little noise in the postseason as well? What would you do to try and bolster the Twins roster going into 2020? Tweet us at ScoreNorth, S-K-O-R North on uh, Twitter. Let us know your thoughts as uh, we return to the Score North First Place Twin Show. That is your Score North download. Thank you, Manny. And it is live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 ranks, where the magic number is 18. Rami Makloff, Twins reporter Derek Wetmore, Danny Cunningham alongside Manny Hill. On the other side of the glass, Judd Zulgad is going to join the fun coming up in the uh, 1 o'clock hour. That's right, two hours of Twins talk coming your way this afternoon. Uh, no magic number for the St. Saint Paul Saints, you guys, because they are in the postseason. They have hit the magic. It is zero. The magic <laughs> yeah, number magic is number zero is for zero. the St. Saint Paul Saints. Nice. They are playing postseason baseball and joining us now to talk about it, the voice of Saints baseball, Sean Aronson. Sean, how are you this afternoon, man? I'm great. You guys got a full house over there, and, and I'd argue our magic number is six. Uh, six there you go. Is what it takes to win a championship, and uh, that that's where we're at. I mean, it's been 15 years since this organization has felt what it's like to win a title, and uh, and it all begins tonight in Fargo. I, I, the excitement is, is there for us. I can't wait to get started. So, Sean, how do you like your guys' chances to uh, call yourselves champions in a few games here? <laughs> you know, I've I've joked that I've been a uh, play-by-play broadcaster for 19 years, and I've never, ever been fortunate enough to call a, uh, a championship moment, and it is a slow race between a championship ring and a wedding ring for me, so... <laughs> Uh, you know, you know it's, it's, uh, look, we finished with the best record in the league, 64 and 36. But uh, as you guys know, as, as big sports fans, the regular season doesn't mean uh, you know much when you get to the postseason. It's, uh, everything gets scrutinized. Everything's under a microscope. But, uh, look, we got the best record in the league for a reason. These guys have played hard. They went 17-3 and three down the stretch uh, to get to this point. Wow. And uh, it wasn't like there was a whole lot of room for, for error. There was not a, a lot of margin for error there. We, we won the division by a game, uh, and the third-place team, uh, top two teams get in, uh, finished four games back. So uh, it, was a, it was a dogfight down the end. Um, you guys know the team that makes the fewest mistakes is going to wind up winning. Um, the, the team that pitches and plays defense, uh, that's going to be the team that winds up winning. Uh, and, and I think we have as, as good a shot as any, and, and I'm hoping two weeks from now, uh, that I'm talking to you guys about uh, being champions of the American Association. Yeah. Talking with Sean uh, Aronson, the voice of 
St. Paul Saints baseball here on the Score North First Place Twins show. And, Sean, we talk mostly twins here, and, and I, I tend to get a little bit ahead of myself when we talk about the twins. <laughs> I look to the postseason. We are even talking about the offseason in the last segment and what to do with Miguel Sano. Do you trade him for pitching, whatever the case might be? And my guy Derek Hare. Save me, Sean. My Save guy Derek Hare, he's always preaching one series at a time. Like, he's going to go out on the field and be distracted by looking by looking past the Detroit Tigers, whoever the opponent might be on a given day. Do you take that approach up in the booth, or or do you let yourself dream? Do you let yourself think about that championship series? You you kidding me? I've been dreaming for 19 years. I've I've come up empty. I mean, that's how it is. Look, Rami, I I figure you've already set up uh, the route for the parade. Have you done that? Like, have you mapped it out? On, it's not on totally. It's can... not totally mapped out, but I've, I've got. I've got some red lines. So on the far, map. he knows that he's going to be the grand marshal, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's all that matters, right? You know, about the guys that got it done. You're the center of attention. Now, look, I think anybody in this business, you, you do. You let your mind wander. You, you wonder what it would be like to to win a championship. You know, on my end of things, what it would be like to to make that final call. Uh, but you try not to get too ahead of yourself. You have a job to do as, as a broadcaster or as players or whoever it may be. Uh, you, you cannot think too far ahead or else you forget, uh, you know, the job at hand. Uh, you guys can't think about five, six, seven shows down the road. You've you got to think about what you're doing today and, uh, you know, the lineup that you're going to have and what you're going to talk about because if you start thinking too far ahead, uh, you've basically thrown the show that you're doing away. So, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I'd be lying if I said I didn't let my mind wander and, and dream what it was like, but uh, 7.02 tonight, that's what time they start around here in Fargo, uh, I'll be locked in and I'll be ready for first pitch and, and I'll just take it uh, pitch by pitch and, and be locked in for that. But, uh, we, you know, one thing, that the Saints host games three and if necessary games four and five. We're home on uh, Saturday night at 7.05. Uh, so if I could plug here for a moment. Yes, please uh, we, do. We want, people to, yeah, we want people to come out. We, we want, uh, you know, we understand that, that People make it a destination during the summer that the postseason is something that, that people aren't focused on with the St. Saint Paul Saints. But these guys fought hard. Like a lot of these guys uh, were an affiliated ball somewhere. You know, a couple of them were, were in the major leagues. So uh, the, the talent is there. Uh, you know, they, there'll be plenty of time to, to root on the Twins as they come down towards the end. There'll be plenty of time when hockey and basketball season starts and, and the Vikings get started this weekend to cheer on them. But these guys fought hard, hard all year long. Uh, and we love their support in the postseason, and you can get your tickets at saintsbaseball.com uh, and and come on out on Saturday night for Game 3 of uh, of the North Division Championship Series. Love it. Sean, I am Team Sean Aronson after you <laughs> said you are one pitch at a time, one game at a time. Uh, that's, that's great stuff. Uh, I want to ask you on the playoff format for our listeners who are mostly glued into the Twins. Um, some sure. of them maybe get out to CHS Field out in Lower Town once or twice a summer, but... Y- you mentioned you had the best record in the league, and I understand that the postseason is a little bit different than what we might be used to in the majors. Why start in Fargo, Sean? Yeah, so it's a it's a best of five for both series. So there, there are two series, four teams get in, best of five for both series. Uh, and in the first round, the team that has the better record got the choice. Um, and I think it, it comes down to it's a 2-3 series, so that's all it is. It's two in one place, three in another, uh, and you choose the final three because you want home field advantage, and the goal is you come into somebody else's house and you try to get the split in the first two games and you go home and it's the best two out of three. Uh, and if it comes down to a game five on Monday night, then you have you have the home field. Uh, I've seen it b- work both ways. So we opened the North Division Championship Series last year on the road because we did not finish with a better record than the team that we played. We won the first two games at home, lost game three, and then won game four. Nice. Um, and then in the Championship Series, we were at home and split the first two games and then lost the, the games three and four on the road. So, look, I've seen it work both ways, but I think if anyone had it, they'd, they'd take home field advantage. And we yeah. have home field throughout, so if we get to the championship series, it'll be the same format. We had the best record, so uh, we'd be at home for games three, four, and five. That's great. I've got another one for you, Sean, if you've got time yeah. to hang with us here. So you mentioned okay. saintsbaseball.com for tickets, and that game three will be Saturday, the 7th here of September over in Lower Town, St. Paul. Um, I... I couldn't help but make this connection last night, and you'd be, we'd be talking with you, Sean. Um, Randy Dobnik was an opener for the Twins last night, and he's on the big league roster, might make the postseason roster. Two summers ago, he was pitching in an independent league that I've never even heard of, um, the United Shore Professional Baseball League in uh, Utica. 
Now, that that was the Utica Unicorns for anybody scoring at home. Um, do you get to watch that? Do you get to enjoy that, Sean? Maybe players that you've had with the Saints or just anybody who's surfaced from indie ball, gone and made a name for himself and got a big league contract. Do you, do you get to celebrate that and uh, and enjoy that from your chair? Yeah, look, they're, they're the forgotten, right? I mean, they, they were cast aside by an affiliated organization, by a major league organization, for one reason or another. All these guys have stories. Uh, even in the guys in the twin system in the minor leagues, you know, they all have stories too as they try to reach the big leagues. But but these these guys were the forgotten, and they come here for a second chance. Uh, you know, Twins fans are f- uh, familiar with Chris Colabella, who played yeah. in the league this year with with Kansas City. Um, you know, and so these guys are just looking for that chance. They're looking for that opportunity. So I root hard for the underdogs. I, I mean, I I would think that everybody in Minnesota would enjoy that, right? It seems like every team in Minnesota is an underdog team, and they they root for the underdogs. So these guys that will be playing, you know, at CHS Field at Game Three on Saturday. These guys are underdogs. They they have been you know cast aside for one reason or another. They weren't good enough, or there was a you know a first or second round draft pick ahead of them, or whatever the case may be. And so you know these guys are fighting hard to get back to there. But in the playoffs, it's all about winning. These guys care about winning. They want to win so bad. And uh, you know I, I'm hoping, like I said, two weeks from now we're chatting one more time and we can talk about the Saints being champs. How and where can they see Saints playoff baseball again, Sean? Yeah, CHS Field, Saturday night, 7.05, Game 3. That's the only one that's assured. If it is uh, Game 4, Game 4 will be Sunday at 5.05. And if there is a Game 5 and it comes down to that, it'll be Monday night at CHS Field at 7.05. You can get your tickets, saintsbaseball.com, or you can come down to our box office, open uh, 9 to 6, Monday through Friday, and uh, 10 o'clock will open uh, on Saturday, right before uh, Game Three. That's Sean Aronson, awesome. the voice of St. Paul Saints baseball. Go catch some playoff baseball in St. Paul. Always appreciate a few minutes, Sean. Thanks a lot, man. Sean, thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. There's Sean Aronson joining us on the Score North First Place Twins show. Amazing excitement. That's been the hat I've been rocking the most this summer. You I've got noticed your Cubs hat. I yeah. got my Saints baseball hat. Today it's Bears hat. I know yep. it's the Score North First Place Twins show. It's okay, believe me, I am all in on baseball. It's my first love and my true love, but. I got like real football to watch tomorrow, guys. <laughs> I got real football to watch. I haven't worn any hats. I haven't really worn hats. Not a big hats summer. guy. You're not a, a beanie guy. guy in the winter. That's about it, right? It gets cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cut my hair last week, and my head felt a little cold. That's how you know falls here. I, I noticed you so. rocking a hood at at the state fair a couple that's of because, times, though. That's because the uh, the sun was really bright and my hair was super short. Oh, so you get, like the, I, I get, sunburn get sunburn on, on your head, head huh? because I cut my hair short. My huh. hair so short. Here, here, man. Here, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Derek has a full thick head of hair, and I bet his scalp still gets sunburned <laughs> just based on his complexion. No, 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 because I shower in SPF forty, so it's never a problem. <laughs> If I didn't, I don't know. We'll see. Like, that's not a risk I'm willing to take. <laughs> that's pretty cool, though, that the Saints are are playing playoff baseball. It's a good, it's a good summer, a good baseball Dude, summer for the Twin Cities. So I mean, far. they've been one. It's not like I follow the league as closely as I follow the Twins. I mean, it's my job, but they've been one of the best teams in the league all summer. And then, as Sean alluded to, just an incredible stretch run to to close that thing out and finish with the best record. <laughs> And they're due for a championship. I would say, I would say they've had some. They've had some good years. They've had some really good teams in the last decade or so. They got a gem of a ballpark, yep. and uh, yeah, they they have not. I think someone was telling me off air. It's like two thousand four, maybe was the last time they I raised so, one. Yeah. But to me, getting there would be cool, and then see what happens. But. Home field throughout for the Saints. That should be pretty cool if you're into that sort of thing. I'd like to go and catch a game. I hope they advance. I'm going to be in Milwaukee this weekend, so I hope they advance so I can go. I haven't watched a game at CHS Field yet this year. We've done a couple of broadcasts there, but haven't it's been a, able to stick around and a watch a game. It's a great place to watch It's a, a ball beautiful game. ballpark. Yes, it is. Yeah. Anyway, we went to that one after the broadcast earlier this year. We were like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, we're not going to get any seats. This is no way. And then we ended up parking right on the left field foul pole with like probably some of the best seats in the house. Mm-hmm. I, I would guess. I mean, just wandered over, and there's a drink rail there. Don't ask me why we needed a drink rail on that night, but it was a uh, yeah, it was a fun time to be out there. And I've never done a fall game. 
It's not like the weather's that cold yet, but I've only done summer Saints if games, advance, so this would be a new experience for me. If they advance score north outing to a Saints playoff game when, done. I'm, when I'm back next Done week. and done. I can't believe you're missing the Indian series at Target Field. I know. Right? I bought, you got a comedy gig? Oh, no, I bought, I bought tickets for Cubs Brewers like when the season started. Uh, okay, all right, that's fair. I that's didn't even fair. I didn't even put put in I, it wasn't even in my head. I didn't put two and two together that it's opening weekend in the NFL and I bought tickets for a Sunday afternoon game. Oh, you dummy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You dummy. I know. I wanted nothing more than week 1 of the NFL to just be laying on my couch surrounded by junk food and my dog and <laughs> it's not going to happen. You're an idiot. I'm going to be at Miller Park watching at, baseball. When you bought those tickets, you didn't even know white claws were a thing, so. No, I knew. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was I've been part of I think I was one of the early entrants wow. into Claw Nation. I've been I've been in Claw Nation for like a solid 2 years now. Wow. Yeah, way ahead of the curve. How come I've never heard about this? How come like it's like Danny and Declan much. and Phil carrying the truck? <laughs> That's a good point. I don't drink White Claw. I don't no, drink Danny, White Claw. Danny doesn't drink. The, he's just not, tweet about it a lot. I haven't even tweeted about it. Oh. You're just grouping me in he's, by association because I hang out with Declan. He's that part of Claw Mafia. That that's what it is. I hang out with. De- I, swear. I hang out with Declan. That's why you. Tweet, that's why you think I'm. I'm about that life. I swear. Not. I was going to say if the pecking order of things would have gone if you're just asking me today, like Phil. 1A, Declan 1B, Danny 2. I'm going to say it. You're just stereotyping a young white guy as part yes. of the Claw Mafia. <laughs> I, think yes. I, was say it. I think that must be it. Recent I'm, racist. I'm just more impressed than anything, Derek, that you guys were able to get one Christopher Reavers to, oh. to dabble into uh, dabble. White Claw. Maybe my crowning achievement at this point yeah. in my dabble. Score North career. He's more the than dabbled. Of, the host of the beer show. Heard uh, Thursday nights at six right here. The guy is cases in. Let's not even let's not even sugarcoat it. The guy is cases into White Claw Mafia. Mister Craft Beer himself (laughs) got got hooked on the White Claw. That's you can do both. You don't. No, you totally can do both. We don't have to pick sides here, man. I like beer. I love beer. I love beer. Reavers is just like beer or bust. Like that. That's how Reavers operates. And now that he's hooked on White Claw, like that's that's really impressive. Really I'm, I'm a big beer guy. I did a beer. I endorsed a beer in, at my previous stop in Milwaukee. I had a beer endorsement. I love beer. I do. I enjoy beer. I just every once in a while you mix in a claw. Just mix in a it's claw. It's fine. I need a liquor endorsement. It's, it's fine. <laughs> Fine, it could get dangerous. <laughs> Variety is the spice of life. Hey, you, you can do both. Exactly. White Claw, craft beer, just like you can do both. Twins against the tribe, Saints playoff baseball. How do you like that tie-in? I'm serious. If if they advance when I get back next week, I'm bummed you're going to be out of town this weekend for that, but that's okay. When he, when I we were talking you. to him, I was like, you know, I might go catch that game, and then it dawned on me, no, you won't, dummy. Dummy. You'll be driving to Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hit a quick break. Judd Zulgad is going to join our number two of the Score North first place Twins show right after this, and Judd is enjoying Twins baseball, finally. Love it. We're on 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app. Danny's going to step out, and we're calling in Goodbye. the big righty, Judd Zolgan. I thought Danny was going to go apologize on my behalf to Declan Goff for me lumping you Danny two needs to apologize for, A, blasphemy when it comes to Italian food, period, okay, and especially no. deep okay, dish pizza. Okay, hang on. We don't have time for this. Manny, hit the brick. <laughs>